Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in to Step Into Your Sunshine. I am Rachel Kudran, your host, the owner of RC Copywriting and Etsy Boutique Kudran's Curiosity. Today, I have with me someone very special who has always shown light into my life and has brought me happiness. She's so cheerful and I love being around her. I would love for her to introduce herself. Hello, everybody. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, Rachel. I am Haley Sue Buchanan. I am an intuitive holistic healer. Um, I am the magical morning master. I love a morning routine and that has become my focus of late um, and just helping people connect with their bodies because I believe we are only here because we have a body. So she is our she or he is our most important vessel thing to look after in this world. Thank you so much. And I really agree with that. And you have shown me through your morning masteries, the connection between mind and body and how all of that flows and how all of that is connected. So to start off this podcast today, I want to ask you, what were some of the defining moments in your life that shaped who you are? Oh, defining moments in my world. So I have to say my mom. Um, my mom allowed us the space to find, to experience all sorts of different things. Um, and it probably started way back when I was... Um, maybe six or seven, she took us to many different churches to experience different faiths. And, and it was all for her in, she was looking for answers, right? But for me at that age, it, it gave me a wider and a more vast experience of life and people that were in this world, right? And nothing was wrong, nothing was right. It was just the way that these people did it in this church and these people did it this way in this church. So for me, that was a huge moment from my mom allowing us the space to experience all of that and then choosing what worked for us. We didn't have to then go to the same church she did. We could do whatever we wanted to do. In fact, um, by the time I went to high school, um, my mom had moved away from the church and into a more spiritual, energetic kind of way of being. Um, and that's when I decided I wanted to be confirmed <laughs> and went full on into experiencing the way the church did things, right? And then um, moving through my life, uh, another defining moment would probably be when my mother made me do a Reiki course at the age of 17. Um, definitely that was the beginning of this journey that really has shaped my entire world and in my entire life. Because um, I was studying hotel management and I was never going down this path of healing of holistic well-being and all of that stuff right I was going to be a um uh management uh, not management event planner and that was what I wanted to do I wanted to do events um so yes doing that Reiki course at 17 allowed me again the space for when I was working as a chef and absolutely hated it 
to go and find a place to meditate while I was working here in London, actually. Um, and I found the most divine healing center. And again, that was another defining moment in my world where I spent two years experiencing a, a range of energetic um, modalities and a completely different way of being in this world. I mean, I was only 20, 20 at the time. And so, uh, uh, and I mean, it was way back in 1998, 19, somewhere around there. So, I mean, my goodness, this was not very well known, this kind of work, you know, I was called a witch. I was like, what are you doing? And again, was, I was always told like, um, oh, come on, you have to do something real with your life. That's, it's not a real job, right? It, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, but this is what I'm doing. I am, I am learning about bodies and, and about the healing energies of this world. And um, I think then it was just, I was young and didn't really care what other people said, but I did kind of care because then I took on beauty therapy because I couldn't make it work with the healing, right? Well, not couldn't, but I need, I required a little bit more, more clients, more money, all of those things. So yeah, so the beauty came into play, but it was, it was actually a great step because what it allowed was the physical body. I got to know the physical body and I knew the energetic body, right? So the two together work so beautifully because now I knew about the muscles and all the fibers and everything as well as the energy flow and the two together. I think that was kind of the like, wow moment. It's like, I know two different ways of, of being with my body. And not many people get that, right? They just think this is just a physical thing that they drag around each and every day, not acknowledging her, not um, really considering what she wants and what she, she desires in this world. And you are here in this world because of your beautiful body. She gets to experience this life each and every single day. Um, there's so many defining moments, Rachel. Having children, of course, then changed my life um, again. And, oh, I'm so grateful my mom was around for that because she helped me through my pregnancies again with um, different, um, it was actually a process called body talk. She became very focused on body talk and um, she body talked me every freaking week when I was pregnant. <laughs> My chill and my children, because of that, my children are accepting of energy stuff, uh, of different ways of being, of different people, because they're allowed, they're allowed to receive everything and not have any judgment with what other, what other people are doing, right? They're just like, yeah, well, my mom's a little bit crazy. And that's just always the way that it's been, but they love it. Um, and when they're not feeling so well, they'll come and ask um, for,
for some some of my hands, you know, whether it's a massage or whether it's a Reiki or whatever it is, um, an essential oil. They love essential oils. They'll never say so, but they absolutely love them. <laughs> um, and then my mum passing away in 2014 was a huge, huge defining moment in my life. Um, whoo. That really, and it still makes me emotional. <laughs> it really, it was, it was such a, a blessing in disguise, as they say, because again, she allowed me to step into a new place, into a new way of being and not in, I don't want to say in her shadow, because she'd always been seen as this amazing healer um so I was always kind of like you know just Haley just the daughter that kind of did the the add-on things <laughs> so in her dying I think she gave me that space to be more of me to step up really and and show up and know that it was okay to take control of my life in this way and create anything that I desired and it's still in the healing world right <laughs> so um yeah I think um it really changed everything when when she passed our, our family changed um I, I moved away um from Botswana it was really everything 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 changed right and I mean death is huge on its own and then you go and move away from the place that you've been living um just to create some more change <laughs> and um i read i read something that i'd wrote a few years ago the other day and um and it's about change and i always used to think change had to be positive i didn't want to do it unless i could see that there was a positive in me creating that change, right? And then I realized actually change is just change. Sometimes when we're in it, we think that it's not going to be a positive outcome, but somehow it always creates more and always creates something different and turns out sometimes better than you can imagine. <laughs> So I think um, that's up to 2014 now when my mom passed. Wow, there's so many more defining moments. But I think for my younger years, that has really been defined, defined the way that I live, that I be, that I experience this world. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all that with us and giving us the the tunnels of what it is to be in your life like let us go down the pathways with you and I love one of the last things that you said when you talked about change being positive because I think that this is actually a mindset that exists in our society is that we're only going to take that next step or we're only going to make that adjustment or we're only going to decide to have children or we're only going to move if we can see the tangible positives that are going to come out of that decision and it's not always like that exactly right exactly 
And sometimes people hold themselves back because they can't see the positive. And they tell themselves this isn't worth investing in. This isn't worth the potential risk that could happen with this decision. So we're just gonna, we're gonna take a step back or we're going to avoid the situation. And I can really relate to that change is not always positive, yet it's always change. And for me, how that plays out in my life is um, in the more recent years, at, at the end of 2018, I decided to move to France. And at this time, I had only been in the U.S., I had only lived an extensive amount of time in the U.S. Yes, I had traveled all over the world. And yes, I had spent six months prior in France. Yet I had only lived most of my days in, in Oklahoma. And of course, in college, I met my husband, who is French. And I always knew sort of in the back of my head that I wanted to leave Oklahoma. <laughs> And I wanted to go somewhere else. Now, I didn't necessarily have my sight set on France, and, but we had decided eventually we would move to France and give it a try. And I was equally excited <laughs> and terrified yeah. because I didn't have a single clue of what to expect. I moved to France. We, we decided at the end of 2018 to move. And like I had just said, I was equally excited and terrified because in my reality was this, we owned a house in Oklahoma. We hadn't sold it. We were bringing our dog. I was pregnant and we didn't have a place to live. We were staying with his parents. We didn't have either any jobs lined up for us. And we had nothing sorted in the realm of like necessities that you would need to exist in the society as like insurance, bank accounts, just basic stuff to function, none of that. And I remember thinking once I arrived, like I am insane. Like <laughs> I have, I am completely off my rocker. I don't have a single clue why me and my husband made this decision, yet we went for it. And I can guarantee you that there were no forethoughts of, oh, you know, this is going to be so advantageous. This is going to be the best decision I ever made. It was like, in this moment, I'm making the decision. And most of it was uh, serendipitous. It was just sort of, let's go with the flow. And the first two years I lived here, I'm not going to bite or you know go around the bush it was incredibly difficult yeah and it's there was many many days that I wanted to give up there were many days that I most certainly went into a depression and it was difficult for me to find my way in a society where I didn't speak the language I didn't understand the culture I had to have a car because I lived in the countryside I didn't know where to go or who to talk to to get anything done and then if I did ever get to those places I didn't have the language capacity to tell them what needed to be to happen I my husband had to come with me to all of my appointments during my pregnancy and I was always the third person in my own pregnancy because the doctors never talked to me directly and so that's a lot of change and most of it is not a positive experience yeah right. especially for the first two years I and see 100 but sometimes we have to get a little bit uncomfortable 
to create something greater, right? I totally hear you. It's now two years, almost two years since um, we left South Africa. And these two years have been tough. And I live in a country where then we all speak English, but it's still not the same. So yeah. I totally hear what you're saying. And yeah, there's been many days where I've gone, no, I can't. I can't do it anymore. I'm just going home. I just can't. But now I can start to feel that that change that I was looking for, that I knew would come, that energy of what I was asking for is actually here. It's just getting through all that uncomfortableness, right, to that boom. Ah, oh, there it is. That's what I knew was possible here. That's why we chose to move halfway across the world, right? <laughs> yes, I, and that is what I was ultimately saying is that now I'm at that same stage and now I've been here for four and a half years and it really took like two years for me to say, okay, all right, for I'm here, I'm happy here now, because as you just said, there's many times during the first two years, I said, okay, yeah, I'm done. I want to move back. I've, I'm finished with this. And uh, now when I'm at, when I'm in Oklahoma and people ask me, are you guys going to move back to Oklahoma? And the answer is no, it's no. And we're happy here now. And yeah. this, this is my life. And this is, the way it is and this is where my energy is and and you are absolutely correct so many more opportunities have opened while many doors shut there was opportunities laying on the other side of that that have opened and are expanding and getting larger and larger by the day and it has been quite an amazing experience so i think what we're both saying and to all of you that are listening is that Change is change, just like Haley said at the beginning, is just because you can't see the tangible instantaneous gratification that's positive out of making the decision doesn't mean that it won't come, doesn't yeah. mean that it won't be delayed, or it doesn't mean that it's not within that opportunity. It's just you're going to have to dig a little bit deeper sometimes to find out what's lying at that bottom of that decision or the bottom of that experience and it may take a few years to unravel yeah exactly exactly and that's that that instant gratification is something that we live in a world where we have amazon prime right and it's i want it immediately so we're not we don't like to wait we don't we don't like to go through <clears throat> uncomfortableness or hard times we want everything to be ease and joy whereas there can be joy through the painful hard times right but we just have to be willing to see it because when you've asked for something in your world when you've asked for for something to show up there has to be some change to create that so Sometimes you have to get uncomfortable to get more comfortable. I love that. I love that. You have to get uncomfortable to get more comfortable. You also have to endure to experience. Yeah. To yeah. truly live at the highest level, you're going to have to endure some parts of that, some parts of your life you have to endure. And it's just the way it is. Yeah. And it's just finding the, the happiness or the joy through those en enduring moments, right? Um, as you say, 
like two years of enduring has now come full circle and I can breathe. And I exactly. can see it in my children as well. They are also breathing better. <laughs> it's we're more at ease. Yes, way, way, way more ease, right? Way, way more ease. Yes. The next thing I want to talk about is kind of the very beginning of what you said when you responded to the first question was that your mom took you to all these different churches and all these different experiences. And that evoked a memory in me is that my parents went on a lot of trips. We traveled a lot when I was young and it perhaps part of it was to share the world with their kids, but it was also for them to experience the world. Yeah. And with that came a different type of understanding that just like for you in the churches where it was like different ways of life, different ways of people being brought together or worshiping or uh, different religions for me, it was also different ways of life. Different people do different things in different countries. Uh, I mean, that's our cultural differences coming out, the way that we eat the types of things that we eat the emphasis on family the emphasis on the individual and how people think yeah and so that reminded me of those memories of my desire to live outside of the U.S. started at a very very young age and I wasn't even a teenager yet and my aunt and mom had hosted a for Finland kids over the summer. And I remember from all those experiences and traveling and that experience of being with those Finnish kids, they were, they were in high school at the time. And I knew I was like, oh my gosh, the world is so big. The people are so interesting. There's so much for me to experience in my life. And I knew in that moment, I was like, the world is my oyster and it's just up to me to decide to go after it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also by experiencing all of that, you got to experience different people. And I think for me, what that created is less judgment, less. And I think that's, that's really what's wrong with the world is because we don't like the way other people do things. Right. Um, and then we fight about it, literally <laughs> go to war about how other people are doing things. And I think if more people had the exposure to the world, like mine was different through churches, yours through travel, but I traveled a lot as a um, older teen, 20, 20 year old. And again, that's because I just love experiencing different people. Um, and it creates somebody so unique, I think, um, because we all experience everything in different ways, but you get to connect with people. And that's what we're all about is connection. Yes. We as humans want connection. Yeah. And I can say, I think for both of us, that we're very grateful for the foundation that our parents laid for us is yeah. that they created this space for us to experience such a labyrinth of people and cultures. And then that encouraged us as we got older to go and experience those uh, 
other types of cultures and other types of people and other places in the world. And so now that we've had that experience, it's sort of it, for both of us, because we're both in a different country than where we were raised, yeah. is we're now setting the foundations for our children to love and experience and then send them out into the world so they can do the same as us. Right. I, I mean, it's it's very special. It's very special. <laughs> it really is. It and really I, is. I think our children are lucky to have us as parents. And I think I, I was so lucky to have my parents that gave me that exposure and knowledge and freedom. And yesterday was a, a, a brilliant example for me with my child. Um, he plays cricket and he was on the field yesterday and they had a very tough fielding session and the, the other team scored a huge amount of runs. They came off very despondent, very, oh, we're never gonna win. We're never gonna win. It's hopeless. So I said to him, how about we reframe that? Don't look at the score. What about just doing your personal best? Beat your personal best, because then you've won. And he was like, hmm, okay. He didn't say anything, but I could see the little mind ticking over, right? I mean, he is going to be 16 in June. So he's a full-on teenager, like listening to mom, really don't do your stuff on me, mom. <laughs> but he did. And he went out and he scored 97 runs. His personal best before that was 80. So I was really, really proud of him. Um, and it just, I was just so grateful yesterday for my life and what I've gone through and what my mom and my dad have taught me that allows me to be like that with my children and give him a different perspective on how things are, right? He could have just gone in and gone, oh, I might as well go out anyway because we're just going to lose. But no, he decided, actually, I can do this for me. So, yeah, it was, it was such a, a beautiful, profound moment that I don't think I quite have the words yet for um but yeah just so 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 grateful that I have the experience and the knowledge to help him see things differently in this world it's powerful and it's moving and it'll help create that foundation for your son mm -hmm. and also listeners have you guys had any of these types of experiences how much exposure have you had in your lives, in your upbringing, in your childhood, or you decided um, as you became a young adult to go and explore the world, or just even in the U.S., just going to different states. There's different cultures and ways of life within the states, depending on where you go. And so I would love to hear from all of you guys. Haley, the next thing that you said that I want to know more about is you were talking about Reiki and you talked about people telling you that you have to do something real in your life. And I know that feeling. And it reminded me of another memory kind of popped up when you were speaking. And when I was 
Before I was 17, I had wanted to be a marine biologist. And I did have to cut that. (laughs) I had to cut that short uh, because I am hard of hearing. I am completely deaf in one of my ears and partially deaf in the other. And diving was a mandatory certification in being a marine biologist. And that was just something that I wasn't quite capable of, nor did I always want to risk my hearing every time I went for a dive. And after that, when I was 18, I set my sights on becoming a teacher. I knew that's what I wanted. And every step after that, until I was 27. So for the next nine years, every step I took was to get me closer to being a teacher. And so my last year of high school, I went and Uh, observed, did a kind of a mentorship with someone who was doing what they would call pre-kindergarten and kindergarten in the U.S., which is around four and five-year-olds. And then at that moment, I decided they were beautiful and lovely, but I knew I didn't want to work with that young. And then I, after I graduated high school, I went to college and I got my bachelor's in teaching uh, in elementary education. And so then I could I could still teach those four and five year olds, uh, but all the way up to 12. And then after I got my bachelor's degree, I got my master's in teaching English as a second language. And it was always in the direction of becoming a teacher. Yet during all of this time, my the people around me, they were asking me, are you sure you want to be a teacher? Is that really what you want? They're not paid well. They're not highly respected. Yeah. And all of this is true. And I just kept telling them, yes, this is what I want. This is what I want. And then it was, well, where are you going to teach? Are you going to teach in private schools? Are you going to teach in other states that pay more? No, I want to work. Uh, I wanted to work in impoverished communities. I wanted to work in the center of the city where people were hurting the most. And the people just didn't understand. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to be, why would you choose to be paid less and to have more difficult situations walk through your door with the children because of their life experiences? And I just told them, I want to go where I'm needed. Hmm. I want to go where I, where I'll make an impact. I was just going to say where you're going to make the greatest impact. Exactly. It's where you wanted to be, right? Yes, it was all of my vibes, all of my energy was focused. I knew what I wanted, yet everybody else around me had all these things to say about my decisions and doing something real in your life. It wasn't phrased in the same way, but it was like, are you sure you really want to do this? You know, or is this really the career you want to have? And every step of the way, when I would share experiences that came into my classroom and and difficulties when I was having a hard time just accepting that this was a child's life, then they would tell me again, well, it doesn't have to be that way. You could move. You could go somewhere else. You could teach somewhere else. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, you don't get it. This is, you don't get it. This is what I want. I put myself all knowing that this was going to occur. And this is where I want to be. And I need you to accept that. I need you to accept that this, these are my decisions and I have made them consciously 
and I'm putting myself in the first line of fire of extreme trauma because of the children that I'm working with. Yeah. And I'm going to need support on the backside because sometimes just like one time on the first day of school, something I'll never forget. A child came to me and basically told me that um, his mother was in jail because she was a drug addict and her, his dad was hardly around. Even though he was with his dad, he there was many times when he was by himself. This was the first day of school with a nine-year-old. He had too many experiences in his life. And it was heartbreaking to know that somebody had already gone through all that trauma at only at nine years old. But I knew that going into it. I was fully aware of the decisions I was making, yet I wasn't supported no matter how much I wanted it. And so for me, when you said like, people telling you and you're that you need to have a real job you need to have a real life is this really what you're going to do with your life it just hit what the that button inside of me where I remember all of those experiences people telling me is this really the decision that you want and again so yes it was the the choice that you wanted and what you wanted to do in that moment right but again we are limited and programmed to believe that once you study one thing, that is what you will do for the rest of your life. Oh, how boring life would be for me if I had to do one thing. <laughs> right? You get Love to that. every day when you wake up. Oh, do I still want to be in this industry? Perhaps I can go research another, study something else and be a part of that. I've done insurance. I've done all sorts of things through my life because I get bored. People get bored. That is normal, right? And it's okay for our listeners listening. It is okay to choose again. If you're in a career that you don't love right now, you used to love it, love it, but perhaps you've outgrown it. You've made your impact. You've done what you came to do in that space. It's okay to move on and do something different. Yes, and I ultimately that's what I decided to do. I decided to move on and do something different. And I was still in Oklahoma when I decided to launch my jewelry business, Kudron's Curiosities, six years ago. And I remember my husband when I told him, because we were at an antique roadshow and I saw crystals for the first time. And I, they were real small. They weren't big ones. They were really, really small. And I thought to myself, oh, these would be beautiful as earrings. And that, that one thought created what I have now oh. because I just went for it. I didn't know anything about earrings. I didn't know anything about metal. I had zero clues about wire wrapping. I didn't know anything about running a business. Not a single thing. This, this is a theme in my life where I just make a decision and I am connected. I'm like, this is my path. And I'll just figure out all the details along the way. And it, it has been an amazing ride. I've learned so much, but by making that one decision to actually start my business, it also showed me the direction of what I really, really love in my life is working with other women in business, creating marketing, writing, ads, writing email sequences, listening to people's story, and then writing them in really captivating language. 
and persuasive language. That's when I get really lit up and I get really excited. And I know that that is a passion of mine. And I would have never known that had I never taken that step, had I never taken that change, even though it didn't show any immediate gratification that it was going to be a positive choice. Um, had I not made that, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Right? I mean, isn't that freaking amazing that you decide to create jewelry and it's led you down this amazing path to things that really light you up and inspire you to get up every single day because we are here living life. So be inspired every day. And if you're not inspired every day, change something. Yes. I want you to tell me more about your story around Reiki, because for me, when I think of Reiki, it sort of only came into my life and about the last year is really when I've heard it more and more often. And I have still have, I think I have misconceptions about exactly what it is and what I think it is. And definitely correct me if I am totally off um, is like laying down. Somebody's with you. You have crystals or other types of things on you. You don't have to have crystals. It can just be a purely hands only okay. treatment here. Okay, so, so tell us about it so that we can all understand more what it's about. So Reiki is a beautiful energy. Reiki means universal energy. Basically, that's okay. what it means, universal energy. But I like to describe Reiki as a mother's hug or a mother's touch because when your mom hugs you or when you fall down and she rubs your knee where you've hurt yourself, that touch, that feeling is that pure love, that pure energy of it's going to be okay. Your mom's got you. And so when you have a treatment, you'll lay down fully clothed. We can either touch you or just have the hands slightly off your body if you don't like to be touched. And it's just a beautiful warm sometimes cool everybody experiences it differently you may feel tingling prickling um you may see colors you may see images emotions may come up for you um but it's a very gentle gentle energy it doesn't it doesn't bring up things for you because i have so many clients that come to me that go I'm not ready. I'm not ready like to deal with all the trauma and the past, right? So Reiki doesn't, doesn't bring up anything that you aren't yet ready to deal with. So it just makes you feel calm. It makes you feel like somebody's wrapping you in beautiful pink love light. Um, and it really can balance and align you, allow you to recognize where you want to make changes in your world. Um, yeah, and it's just a beautiful safe space to be and to give yourself some self love. Because for me, having a treatment like a Reiki, crystals, any of those healing sessions is real self love because you're creating change by doing that, right? So that, that for me, is just it's the most beautiful thing the most beautiful thing and everybody that gets off my table afterwards is just like oh that feels so amazing I just feel different 
Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And my question to you is because I'm still trying to picture this in my mind. Oh, what does this look like? And so I'm now picturing myself laying down, fully clothed, and you're above me. Maybe you're touching me. Maybe you're not. Your hands. But where are your hands going? How how does that work? So tell me about that. When you learn Reiki, you will learn the certain, um, there is a um, hand positions, well, the Reiki that I do, um, hand positions for you to follow. Um, I always start on the head and move down. We do follow um, the chakra system, which are the seven major energy centers within the body. Um, so moving down the body onto the knees and then ending at the feet. Um, but if I have a client that comes in with a specific area that has a problem, like she's got a hip pain or she is suffering with Crohn's disease or something like that, I will then work on that area as well. But the Reiki flows intuitively to where it is needed within the body. Um, so often I will be doing my hand positions as per I was taught but then my intuition takes over and my hands are led to go to other places with, within the body. And um, often I will get messages for you from your body um, that, that I will relay after the session. So yeah, that's, um, and also you can have Reiki from a distance. So we don't actually have to be in the same room. I can work on you from here while you are in France. I mean, how cool is that? Because it's universal energy. So I can connect with you and you can connect with me. And I can feel some of my my most dramatic intense sessions have been um, distance healing, which are, it's just phenomenal. During lockdown, I did quite a lot of them. And um, I love to, so some people will do them without you um on the phone or on a call but I do like to have you on a call with me so that as things are coming up I can speak and you can speak if you're feeling anything I just feel like it creates a real difference having a session because then you you still feel like you're in the room with me if you're on a on a call right Wow, you guys all heard her here first that if you want to have virtual appointments with Haley and learn more about Reiki and more about intuitive healing, then you need to get in contact with her. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now to end this episode today, I want to ask you one last question, Haley. What advice would you give to someone who is trying to find their path in life? If you're trying to find your path in life, know that there are many different paths to follow. There's not, as we've said earlier, there's not just one path for you. And isn't that so freeing to know that you don't actually only have to choose one thing. Choose the one thing in this moment that lights you up, that brings you joy. Ask your body. Ask your body to show you where she would like to go in this very moment. And again, that's something that I, that I talk about often every single day in the, the Magical Morning Mastery is connecting with your body. Because again, our bodies are here experiencing this world. So your body will always give you the answer. She will always give you the answer if you're willing to ask and listen 
to her. So know that there are many paths for you to choose from, many doors to open in this world. There's never just one. So when you're feeling stuck, sit quietly and go within. And that's when you'll find the answer to where you are meant to be going. What incredible advice and such freeing advice because so many of us get caught in the expectations of society that we are to choose one option and stay with that for the rest of our lives. The idea that you have the freedom to choose or the freedom to move after you've made a choice is life-changing. And also the pressure to perform constantly goes down. Yeah. It's like, is this my path today? Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Is it not? Okay, let's reposition, redirect our energy. Where should we go? And I think that is incredible. Thank you. Thank you. It's not to say, as you said, it's taken me two years. It took you two years to really find yourself. So once you choose something, once you really know that that's your path, give it time. Give it time for you to go through that uncomfortableness to find more comfortable, more comfy, a more comfy space within your world. Yes, I 100% agree. Thank you, Haley, so much for being on Step Into Your Sunshine today. I have enjoyed every second. I know our listeners are going to love it, feel inspired, feel connected, and I would just like to ask you to share how we can get connected with you. How can they do those virtual Reiki sessions? Where do we need to go? Thank you so much, Rachel. Rachel, it's been such an honor to be here. Um, if you are looking for me, you probably find me on Instagram or Facebook uh, at Haley underscore Sue, S-U on Instagram or just Haley Sue Buchanan on Facebook. Um, find me there. Drop me a message. I think it's easier than email. Pretty much everybody is on on um, social media these days, so you can find me there. Or I'm sure I can drop my email address. It's heal at haleysuebuchanan.com. Really simple. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, for all of our listeners out there, the next episode will air on. July the 31st. Remember every Monday and Thursday, 8 p.m. UTC time, 7 p.m. UK time, and 1 p.m. U.S. Central Standard Time, there'll be a new episode of Step Into Your Sunshine. I hope you all have a wonderful evening, and I can't wait to see you again.